Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we're going to discuss gun safety for kids. We're going to talk about protecting the babies. And also, we're going to discuss being a citizen. And what does that actually mean? Got an event coming up this next weekend. Also, we have the and a pro-Second Amendment event coming up this weekend as well. And also, I guess Antifa is going to do something the day before. We're not going to discuss that. We're only going to talk about the pro-Second Amendment event. That's going to be on November the 5th. <laughs> and then also, man, we, you know, I got a, a couple of things I kind of need to get off my chest. Uh, some things that happened this week. Let's see here. I want to talk about, um, before I bring my guests, I want to really, I, I really have this good friend that is really disappointed and upset. And so I want to ask you this. I want to ask the guys sitting in the studio right here today as well. You know, what if you donated to the Democratic Party? So put your, your mindset in that. You di- you, you've donated to the Democratic Party and you helped them fundraise. You hosted functions for them. You, you know, maybe you have a party at your house to raise money for the, uh, for the party. And you, you block walk for them as well. Then one day the party says, well, you know what? They don't want you to participate in the political process. You know, they don't want your thoughts on it. So what do you say to that, Zach? So I donated to the Democratic Party and block walked for them? You donated to the Democratic Party. You block walked for the Democratic Party. Okay, so hell froze over. And one one day, you Uh know, because let's say, for example. We'll play with him. Yeah, exactly. Let's play with me for (laughs) a little bit. So we're in the twilight zone here. (laughs) Okay. Hey. And, and all of a sudden, one day, they find out that you are pro-life. And they don't like that. And so... Yeah, they wouldn't. Exactly. So what would be your thoughts about that? And they say, hey, we no longer want you. We're not going to, you know, we don't want you participating in our political process. I'd say, bye, Felicia. Would you just leave? Or would you, why wouldn't you work within the party and try to fix it? I guess because I know too much. What do you know? <laughs> about the Democratic Party? Uh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to, I'm going to flip the script. So I need you to be honest with me because I'm going to ask you this, Ryan as well. You know, what if you were in that position, the same position as that? You know, they came around, they said, hey, you know what? Guess what? Uh, because you're pro-life, 
Uh, the Democratic Party doesn't want you anymore, and we don't want you to participate in the political process. So what would you do? If they wanted me to leave over one issue— Yes, over one issue. That means that they have no room for any other thoughts. All right, well, let me flip the script. Let's say it's the Libertarian Party, and you're a Libertarian, and you've donated to the Libertarian Party, you've worked for the Libertarian Party, you've block-walked for them, knocked on doors and everything, worked very hard for free. You've given your, your time, which is very valuable. And all of a sudden, one day, you say, you know what? You know, I really think that marijuana is actually a bad thing. And they say, you know what? Well, that's something that we just can't part with. We can't deal with. So we're going to – we don't need your, your input in the political process. How would you feel about that, Ryan? I'd be angry. But – Why just angry? After dedicating so much of my time and everything, but at the same time, their group, they have Over that one issue. Over of, one issue. Of decriminalizing, legalizing marijuana. You say, you know what? I just can't do it. I don't think, you know, we should legalize, decriminalize marijuana. So that one issue, I'm going to stay firm. I'm not going to budge. And they say, you know what, Ryan? We're not, we don't want you to participate in the political process. I think the parties would be dumb to do that. Why would they be dumb to do that? Because everyone's going to differ on a couple things. No matter what you do, no one's – I bet you will find hundreds of things the three of us disagree on. Yeah, rare are there even two people that just agree along the same lines for everything. Okay. And because of that, it's just – it's impractical to expect everyone to think the same. And especially in geographic locations, it varies across the state. If the Democrats are going to do that, that's going to hurt them long term on getting people. We're talking about them. the Libertarian Party. We've gotten oh, off the Democratic oh, Party now. The Liber okay. So we're talking about the Libertarian, Libertarian Party. And if it is one issue, yeah. that's, you know, work towards what you can and you can agree on. If, so, if the voters want that person, then they'll pick that other person who's doing that. But you shouldn't be completely silenced in the political process, especially if that's the group you think you want to support. All right, because I've also I'm going to pose this question. Let's put yourself. Let's put that Republican hat on. Let's say you're Republican now, you know, and you're with the Republican Party. You've donated to the Republican Party. You've helped them raise money. You've block walked for them, you know, and same thing, same mindset. And all of a sudden, one day, the Republican Party finds out that, you know what, you like the same sex. And they say, you know what, we don't want you to participate in a political process. So tell me, what would you do? What can you do? Ah, why is there silence now? <laughs> <laughs> why is there silence? I don't personally know uh, what that would be like. No, I need to know. I have uh, the inquiring minds want to know what yeah, do you do? I'm sure a lot of people would be completely disenfranchised. Why? Why is that different now? Why is it different than uh, than the Democrat Party being pro-life and saying they don't want you to participate in the political process? You want my real opinion? I want your real opinion. I, I'm, let's keep it real. This is the Come and Talk <laughs> radio show, and we need to keep it real. So tell me, on all those, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Libertarian, whether you're a Republican, what would you do if you've dedicated your time to that particular party? And because of one issue, they decided that, you know what, they don't want you to participate in the political process. What would you do? I would keep keep doing what want, I'm doing. And I want my listeners to call in on this one. I want you. I need to know what you think. 
Our call-in number is 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. I think both parties, Democrat and Republican, they hold hands down the aisle coming to screw us. Why do you say that? It's just the way it is. Call me disenfranchised with the system. So what would you do? I'd go libertarian. You go you switch parties. Yeah. What would you do, Ryan? Republican Party. You've you've dedicated your time. You've donated to the party. All of a sudden they find out I'd leave the same par- sex. I'd leave the party and take my Why wouldn't you do that when I ask you about the Libertarian Party? Because the Libertarian Party Because that was close to home. Because you're libertarian and you answered the question differently. Why is this different? Because the Libertarian Party is not this large established structure as much as the Republicans and Democrats are. Mm -hmm. And so there's still room for other groups to take over, change, and whatnot. But with those large groups, if they're so powerful and those are the only real two groups that have power, if people are just sucked into them, they're essentially just slaves to the system. They're entrenched. All right. So why why is your answer different when when I ask— about the Democratic Party or the Libertarian Party? Why has your answer become a little different? I would say because I have more in common with one than the other. Why is that? Whereas when you put me in this situation of, you know, being in the Democratic Party, Uh there's nothing I can really relate there. So it would be easy just to walk away. But when there's a party that you agree more with, I guess you hold on. A little bit more. Okay. You hold out hope. Mm-hmm. Whereas so, with Democratic Party, no hope. No. <laughs> I think you're being a little biased. I am. <laughs> Why are you being a little biased? Because I'm biased. No, you can't be biased. You know, we got to answer the question. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, you're a Republican, you're a Libertarian, or Green Party. Let's also discuss it's the- one issue. There's one issue they came up with, and they say, you know what, because of that one issue, we don't want you to participate in the political process. Well, discuss the cultures about the different parties, too, because the Democratic Party is very homogenous and it's very groupthink-oriented. Yeah. Well, Republicans, there's some infighting, but it's more like freedom versus big business fighting. And then the Libertarian Party is just a giant mess of who's the biggest libertarian, who's the most libertarian if they're not fighting, if you're not fighting over who's the most libertarian, are you even one? Because, okay. you know, all throughout the week, I, I well, I do this all the time. You know, I always ask these questions and I ask people online today, you know, should you swear an oath to a political party or will they just let you down? Whether it's a Republican Party, Democrat Party, Libertarian Party or Green Party, you know, should you swear an oath? And a lot of people really, you know, they didn't really answer the question because, you got to understand what Texas law is. Texas law says, you know, to participate in a nomination process, you have to swear an oath that you will not participate in any other party's nomination process during that election year. That includes signing a petition to include a candidate on the ballot and voting in a primary election or attending a convention. So you really need to look at the Texas laws and the election code. And primary screen out's a big problem on freedom for choice. I mean— it keeps people from saying, you know, what if this, there's my cousin who's running for office somewhere and they're in a different party and I just want to sign their petition just to get my cousin on the ballot. Or, you know, I really think, or I'm here in Austin and there's no libertarian running 
And so I see a judge that I really like, and I can't sign for them to run for office just because I want to go to the Libertarian Convention. Mm. All right. I'm just, you know, I'm just curious. <laughs> I, I'm throwing it out there. Also, the Austin Chronicle. Austin Chronicles come out with this, um, <laughs> this, I guess they do it every year, every Halloween, where they come out with this little cover where you're supposed to cut it out and wear the mask and it says armed white male. And to me, that all that does is just promotes hate. That's all it does, just promotes hate. So I'm just, you know, just curious. You know, what are you guys' thoughts on that? And, and, and you know what? Let's look in the inside. Let's go ahead and tell people actually what it says. Because when you, you open up the Austin Chronicle, which on, the, only best, the only good thing about the Austin Chronicle really is for me to uh, clean up my dog's poop. So that's the only thing I really use it for because it comes free and I can use it as, uh, you know, the paper to clean that up. But it says on the inside... How to assemble your armed white male mask. Newsflash. White guys are shooting way too many people way too often, according to the statistics compiled by the Mother Jones, which has kept a database on mass shootings dating back to 1982. Now, that specific subset of Americans has been responsible for 54% of the country's mass shootings. Now, over that time period, and so we're not lobbying for more types of people to shoot more people, but come on. White guys, do something to bring your contribution to the cumulative tally down. And then it says, um, like, stop shooting people. Zach, have you shot anyone? Have you shot anyone, Zach? I have not. Let me ask my producer. (laughs) Uh, Have you shot anyone? My producer's white. (laughs) No, you haven't shot anyone, right? No, okay. Have you shot anyone? I haven't shot anyone. And you're this white, the whitest guy I know. Hitler would love you. No, I've shot myself in the Bl- foot with an airsoft gun. That's- Blue eyes and blonde <laughs> hair. So, <laughs> Okay. All right, just checking. All right, I'm, I'm just checking. So then it goes on to say that uh, following this month's massacre in Las Vegas, in which the 64-year-old Stephen Paddock unloaded a litany of guns on festival crowd, killing 59, injuring 500 others. Is that number right? 500? About that. Is it? Yeah. Okay. All right, and, um, and we could think of no image more representative of horror this Halloween season that, than the angry eyes of an armed white male peering at you through a gun scope. And here's how you can be that guy. So it tells you, step number one, typically, we recommend extracting the mask from the rest of the issues cover with a knife or scissors. But I suppose there is no opportunity like the present to pull out your standard semi-automatic firearm and unload a few rounds along the dotted lines. Uh, make sure to mind the scope. If you want to add your own bump stock, keep a little red space on the edge of the assault rifle and fill it in with a thick black Sharpie. And then it says number two, you need to put two holes inside the ears. Another good time to use your gun. And number three says take a, take a piece of twine and tie it through the two holes. Put it tight so your man's brow stretches out real terse Uh, That makes him look angry, and we want anger. And then it says, number four, uh, tie that twine around your own head, and you're all set with this year's costume. Remember, the gun is already part of the the mass presentation, so you don't need to leave the house with your own. And please, please, don't leave the house with your own. (laughs) So, you know, so what are you guys' thoughts about that? Because to me, it just promotes hate. Yeah, it reminds me of the Jaws effect, Okay. So Jaws came out in 1975, and immediately after this blockbuster movie about a killer shark, uh, people stopped going to beaches like they did. 
because they were scared to be killed by a shark, even though there's one fatality every two years. There's about 16 shark attacks a year in the U.S. and only one death every two years. But this movie that portrayed this killer, just crazy shark totally messed up the beaches all on the East Coast, especially. All right, so when we come back, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about this. We're going to switch... Uh, we're going to switch cameras around just a little bit, but we're going to continue talking about this Austin Chronicle article. We're going to talk about the JFK files because according to the JFK files, it says Hitler lived in South America. We're also going to talk about gun safety for the kids. Yeah, we got to protect the babies. I always carry my gun so I can protect the babies. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Here, when you need us, Talk 1370 is the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about, whoa, the Austin Chronicle. We're talking about, hey, you know what? As a matter of fact, the Austin Chronicle says armed white men are what the problems are when it comes to mass shootings. Also, we're talking about JFK files. You know what? JFK files have been released, and they say that Hitler lived in South America. And also, we're going to talk about gun safety. That's right, gun safety, but for kids. We're going to talk about protecting the babies. I always carry my gun to protect the babies. All right, but... Before we um, get to, you know, the, back to the Austin Chronicle and talking about that madness and that just craziness there, uh, let's talk about my question that I posed earlier today online to everyone is, uh, should you swear an oath to a political party or will they just let you down? And I ask you, you know, uh, about, you know, whether you're a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian or Green Party. And so I went around the room here and ev asked everyone about that. So my question was, you know, you're in your, your respective party. You're a Democrat or you're a Libertarian or you're a Republican. And because of one particular issue, one particular issue, your party says they don't want you to participate in the political process. You've donated money to the party. You block walk for the party. You've held fundraisers for the party. And all of a sudden, because of one issue, they don't want you to participate in the political process. So I went around the room. I asked Ryan, Libertarian. So, Ryan, Libertarian Party has said, you know, hey, we don't want you to participate in libertarian, uh, the political process anymore because all of a sudden you feel that, you know what, and this is just hypothetical. This is all the hypothetical situation here. Uh, he, he feels that, you know, marijuana should not be legalized or decriminalized. And all of a sudden they find that out and boom, they say, you know what, we don't want you participating. You've you've donated. You've You've given up your time. How would you feel about that, Ryan? I'm asking you that again. I mean, I'd still be upset about it. And if they really, if I didn't think it was something I could convince them to change their mind on, I'd probably end up just joining another group that was worth my time. Right. And then I also I posed the question, if you were a Democrat, you're a Democrat, and all of a sudden the Democratic Party found out that you were pro-life. You're pro-life. And because of that one issue, after you've donated to their, their party— You've block walked for the party. You've held fundraisers for the party. 
they find out that one issue that you're pro-life, they don't want you to participate in the political process anymore. How would you feel? Well, I'm not going to change my opinions because of a political party. Would you try to work within the party and say, you know what, I'm going to stay, or would you leave? The Democratic Party? Leave. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Then you know what? Republican Party. All right, so let me flip the script. It's the Republican Party. I leave them too. It's the Republican Party, and you've donated to the Republican Party. You've campaigned for the Republican Party. You block walked for the Republican Party. You have donated. You've, you've held fundraisers for the Republican Party. And all of a sudden, they find out that you like the same sex. They don't want you to participate in the political process. What would you do? Buy Republicans. You would leave? I'd leave. Why would you leave? If they asked me to leave, I'd leave. Why? Because I'm not going to be somewhere that I'm not wanted. Hmm. Okay. I'm just, I'm just posing that question. I'm throwing it out there. And I want to ask my listeners, right? Our call in number is 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. What would you do? Your particular party, your party that you're with, whether it's the Democratic Party, Republican Party, Libertarian, Green Party, whatever, because of one issue, they decided to, you know what, because of that one issue, after you've donated, after you have uh, block walked for them, they don't want you to participate in the political process anymore. What would you do? I want you to ask, you know, call in, tell me, what would you do? 512-643-5483. Because this is a legitimate question. This is a legitimate issue that's, you know, that's before us today. Because I actually had someone ask me this question, and I didn't know what to tell them. I don't know what to say. You've donated you block walked. You've campaigned. You've held fundraisers. You've given up your time. And because of one issue, they don't want you to participate in the political process. So call in. I want to hear from you. 512-643-5483. And also, we're talking about the Austin Chronicle. <laughs> talking about this right here, the Austin Chronicle. So apparently... You know, people are up in arms about this right here. Uh, this little cover of the Austin Chronicle, it says, you know, armed white male. And pretty much they do this every single year. Uh, they come up with some type of stunt. It's like clickbait or, you know, get you to uh, take a look at their uh, their paper here. That is probably only good to, you know, clean up doggy poop. But um, they want you to cut this out and put on a mask and wear it as a mask for Halloween. So, I, you know, to me, it promotes hate. You know, it's it's promoting a stereotype that we really need to stop doing. Absolutely. I mean, you know, what are your thoughts about that? You know, so you know, how would you feel if, you know, if instead, you know, they put, hey, you know, put a bucket of fried chicken up here with some watermelon. I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> you know, how would you feel? So, hey, so I'm just curious. I'm just asking these questions today. And also, the JFK files have been released. All right, so um, according to uh, the JFK files, Hitler lived in South America. So I'm curious about that. But hey, but what, you know, what are your thoughts about this, Austin Chronicle? What you got for me? Yeah, like you said, it's just promoting hate and fear. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, what's yeah. the thing? I mean, I get what they're trying to do. It's just trying to draw people in, but it is promoting hate and fear. And it does n <clears throat> nothing productive in the, the conversation about what's going on right now. All right. 
And then yeah. Melvis uh, online says, uh, all I saw was a small blip on page six showing how much, how to make the cover into a mask. And really, that's all, that's their story, Melvis. All right, so pretty much it's just, you know, the show you, they don't, you know, provide any facts or anything like that. They quote Mother Jones. Uh, you cannot take your, you can't take gun stuff from Mother Jones. Um, and because then, you know, th there's a whole nother story when it comes to that. You know, mass shootings. How are mass shootings defined? You know, how many, you know, people have to die for it to be considered a mass shooting? And then the FBI has their, you know, their Isn't definition. Just four people shot? Well, the FBI has their definition. And then Mother Jones has their definition. And Moms Demand Action have their definition. So you got to figure out, you know, which one is that. And then, well, do we include the shooter in that? Because Mother Jones includes the shooter in their stats. So, so you know. So if it's, uh, you know. A lot of them are, if two or more people are shot, then it's a mass shooting. And if they're including the shooter, then if someone shoots someone else and then themselves, then that's a mass shooting to them. Right. And, and murder-suicide. Olivia says the, the Chronicle isn't educational. And Olivia apparently is, is doing really bad. She's not doing really well at all. We need to start using the W word, Olivia. Maybe you'll feel a little better. <laughs> that's what Zach said. Zach said that I didn't. Um, What's the W word? I don't know. What is the W word? What is it? I don't know. So then, uh, let's see. Now, let's, and also, there's some other things that I like to, you know, discuss throughout the week that I like to bring up, you know, online. And one of those things I asked everyone this week was about, let's see here. Let me find it real quick here. There we go. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Takes me a little time. It was this uh, little sign in my neighborhood. One of my neighbors had this sign posted on his fence. And the sign actually said, uh, trespassers will be shot on sight and you've been warned. And it said video surveillance is in, you know, in effect and all that good kind of stuff. So I ask people, I like to ask these questions, you know, to Facebook because I'm just curious on how people answer the questions. And, you know, trespassers will be shot. Can you shoot a trespasser in Texas? No. No, you cannot. You can't shoot someone for just simple trespassing, you know, or criminal trespass. So you can't do that in Texas. I, you know, if I wanted to, I can jump in your backyard, you know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning <coughs> and take a couple laps in your swimming pool and you cannot shoot me for criminal trespass. Now, you how about if they try and force. steal my lawn furniture? <laughs> during the daytime? During the daytime. No, that's theft. You can't shoot someone for theft during the daytime either. Unfortunately, no. you can use force. You can though. use f no. You can't use force. Well, you, yes, you can use force. Not yeah, deadly force. Right. You're absolutely correct. You so can use force. Guns are still allowed, but not deadly force. And and <laughs> so I'm in this, and I'm really against posting signs, you know, of this nature because that sets you up for a civil suit for one. You know, you, oh my goodness, if you do shoot someone, that's you just laid that civil case right out, and you might as well just move, and everything you have is going to that family. I'm telling you now. Yeah, they will come at you and say, oh, this guy, he was just waiting for somebody to enter his property so he could shoot them. Waited for the opportunity. So, you know, be cautious of those signs that you're putting up. You know, and this, this is a real deal. This is in my neighborhood. Real deal sign here. Trespassers will be shot on site. You've been warned. Can't do that. Can't shoot someone for trespassing. If you're going to carry a gun, and you think that you may use that gun, number one, you might want to take a class and learn the Texas gun laws. Number two, you might want to get yourself an attorney 
because you're going to wind up in the legal system. And let me tell you, that's not a fun place. Only thing I got to say for you is don't don't drop the soap. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't do it because you're in for a whole world of uh, hurt there if you drop the soap. Unless you like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are metrosexual. (laughs) (laughs) all right so and then uh the other thing i asked people uh this week was the you know the the issue of you know the political parties so my thing was you know should you swear an oath to the political party and you know what some people don't understand is when it comes to that that oath there is a texas law when it comes to that when it comes to a person serving you know, under the Texas law to participate in a nomination process, you have to swear an oath that you will not participate in any other party's nomination process during that election year. And that includes signing a petition to include a candidate on the ballot voting in a primary election or attending a convention. A lot of people don't understand what the laws are when it comes to some of these issues. So I, I love posing questions to Facebook because I'm always curious of what people would say. And and Zach is Zach. What's wrong? What's wrong, Zach? I rolled my ankle today. You hurt your ankle. horribly. Zach is sitting in the studio with no shoes on. <laughs> you got my foot propped up with his foot propped up in the air, elevating, elevated. Okay. So mm-hmm. you you went you went jogging this morning or something? You went on a run? Is it a run or is it a jog? It was a run. It was a run. So and was I, it was it for an event? No, just for training. Just for training? Just for your your you went by yourself or with someone else? Just for me. I went just with for someone you. else. You went with someone else? I did. Who'd you go with? <laughs> it's okay. You can tell us. I went with the lady friend. Oh, what was her name? Uh, her name is Jessica. Who's Jessica? Is that your girlfriend? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. All right, just checking. All right, I just want everyone to know Jessica is his girlfriend. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's going to come back later to hunt you. So I'm running okay. and run over a stump and my ankle just rolls. What would you do that you're, <laughs> what did you do that you're running over the stump? I'm running. I'm just running and I hit this stump that is protruding out of the ground and half of my foot falls off the other side of it and I'm just down for the count. Not crying, but in agony for sure. Good thing you weren't wearing your gun. Were you wearing your gun? (laughs) I was not. Why not? You should have been wearing your gun. I'm kind of disappo- disappointed in you right now. You could have shot the stump afterwards. Well, I'm just curious because if you'd have fallen, you know, you fall into your gun, I'm curious what would you hurt it's in city with limits. your gun on you. I couldn't no. have shot the tree. Not shoot the tree, silly. <laughs> I'm talking about if you've, you'd fallen and you fell on your gun where your gun was, you know, how would that have hurt you? That would have hurt. I didn't fall, though. You didn't fall? Okay. No. No, just checking. I'm just curious. It just hobbled away. I did. I hobbled, and then I ran six miles after that. (laughs) All right, so when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about children's safety. Going to talk about protecting the kids. And uh, what, because I always get questions from parents, you know, at what age should I teach my kids how to shoot? Uh, Well, you know what? My response to you is you're the parent. You decide. So at whatever age you want to teach them to shoot, then you take them to the range or bring them to a handgun safety course and let someone teach them how to shoot. You're the parent. You decide. What a concept. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. 
the right choice. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. But it wouldn't be nothing. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Well, according to the Austin Chronicle, is a white man, white man's world. <laughs> according to the Austin Chronicle with this crazy front page. I'm telling you, you guys got to let these people know. You, they, you can't get away with stuff like that. All they're doing is promoting hate. We need to bring this country together. Stop trying to divide the country. Stop trying to start a race war or start arguments or fights or something like that. You know, we need to come together and work together and solve the issues that we have in front of us. Uh, right? We do. I know. I, I, we I, have enough issues. Because I want to start a fight right now. I really want to come across the table and really just squeeze your foot. Because you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're in so much pain. You know, and that's tempting. But you know what? To keep the peace, I'm not going to do that. Thank you. <laughs> you're so welcome. So, At least on air. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to sit over here. I'm not going to come over there and squeeze your foot right about now. You're going to stomp on that's it That's really the show. what I want to do. So, But I'm not going to do that. Instead, to keep the peace, I'm going to sit over here on my side, and we're going to do the show. So let me bring into the conversation uh, a guy that, I, I, that reached out to me on Facebook, um, and he has this, man, this awesome, awesome book, children's book, and his name is Yehuda Rimmer. Yehuda Rimmer, I hope I'm saying that right. Welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Well, thank you for having me. Am I pronounced that name right? Uh, Yehuda Rimmer. Yehuda uh, Rimmer, okay. Crazy, crazy Jewish name, it's all good. No, no, not a problem at all. So since the release of Yehuda Rimmer's bold and delightful children's book titled Safety On, an introduction to the world of firearms for children, sales and popular acclaim have, have been more than anticipated. The White Feather Press LLC is pleased to bring you even more endorsements from prominent personalities in the Second Amendment and firearms industry. Yehuda Rimmer is an Orthodox Jew born and raised in the anti-gun bastion of Los Angeles. From there, he attended seminary in Israel before moving to Texas and his wife and children uh, with his wife and children. And Safety On, is the, which is the name of the book there, is by far the classiest and most tasteful children's book we've seen on the topic of children and gun safety. Shortly after its debut in, in Amazon, it was named the number one news seller in its genre. Now take a look at the rave reviews for Yehunda's Rimmer's book, Safety On, an introduction to the world of firearms for children. With Safety On, Yehuda Rimmer has given a gift to parents and children alike a gift that serves as a, a nexus through which fathers can teach their sons and daughters how to safety, safely handle and use firearms. Rimmer's book is about education. Of that, there can be no doubt, but it also, it's about preserving tradition and passing America's rich heritage of firearm ownership from one generation to the next. And that's by A.W.R. Hawkins, from Breitbart. In today's America, there are many voices that garner a platform to speak up against our constitutional rights. Quite a few of those voices speak up against our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms, and that right is to not be infringed. The opponents and detractors of our constitutional Second Amendment right oft, you know, they often time seek to use fear mongering tactics with our children. So 
Let me bring back into the conversation, Yohunder, to tell us about your children's book and how did you come to decide, you know, how did you go from being like anti-gun to being pro-gun and writing a children's book? Um, so first off, let me say, I was never anti-gun. I've always been fascinated with firearms and they've always just been a very big uh, interest to me. But growing up in Los Angeles, growing up in a very apolitical family, the concept of the Second Amendment, the concept of an individual allowing, you know, being allowed to carry a firearm for some, any kind of self-defensive purposes was an absolute foreign subject to me. I always thought growing up that the only people allowed to carry guns were people in law enforcement, military, and bad guys. And um, I kind of just decided, you know, at, at one point um, to buy a gun after a friend of mine took me shooting and through his tutelage and uh, through the tutelage of another friend of mine who's in the LAPD, I just got a bug for it, and and I've never, I've never looked back in terms of firearm firearm ownership. I started studying the Constitution, started really living and learning about the Second Amendment, and I had two kids. And at that point, my parents, even though I was out of the house and married, and you know my parents weren't around. I mean, they were you know a few blocks away from me, but. Being in an apolitical family, especially growing up in a Jewish family where uh, you always you see quite often Jews being very anti-gun, which is actually um, shocking to me. You know, with yeah. the, uh, the Holocaust and everything else, they would be the last group that I would think. Well, second to the last group that I would think would be anti-gun. I mean, yeah, that that's a whole different uh, subject uh, in itself, and you know, I've talked to many different people about it. And of course, I you know I have my own theories why people you know why Jews are like that. And you can't step um, anywhere in Israel without seeing you know anyone with a with you know, with a full auto you know rifle. I mean, I see elementary school teachers walking walking around Israel with AR-15s. Or yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. That that's very not AR-15s, but long guns. Tavors. Tavors. Right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Tavor's a new hot gun there, of course. Um, it, it's, fun, it's interesting, actually. Israel does not have the greatest gun laws. You would think that it would be a lot more readily available. I actually was just talking to someone who lives in Israel yesterday, and he, he said he bought a Glock 42 to carry there. And for him to carry, you know, your, your license to carry there restricts you to one gun. When you get your license there, that license set, you know, has the type of gun and the serial number of your gun. And to my knowledge, you're only allowed to own, I believe, one long gun and one handgun at a time. Okay. And you're only allowed to own 50 rounds of ammunition in the home at any given time. That is pretty so, restrictive. That is pretty restrictive. Yeah, it, yeah it, it's very restrictive there. Uh, it, pe people are shocked because... You would think with Israel being surrounded by, you know, a billion Arabs that daily are calling for their annihilation, you would think that, you know, the, the citizens of Israel would have a lot more easy access to defend themselves. But yeah, and more uh, rights. That's just the way they're doing so. it. Yeah. All right. So and, and let's talk more about your, your children's book. You know, how did you come to write a children's book? So I can't tell right I've always been very interested in writing um i've never i've always been a poor student but one thing that really piqued my interest growing up and through my you know i mean i'm 33 now 
through high school and college. It's, I've always loved. Wow, you're only 33. You look a lot older. Now I'm, oh. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> just messing with you. I'm only messing it's with the, you. It's the bald head. Um, so, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I've always been very interested in creative writing. And when my parents found out that I had one gun in the home, um, they found out that I had a Glock 19. Of course, I didn't let them in on the fact that I also had an AR-15 and a Benelli shotgun. Nice. Um, yeah, so they. I, kind I of, knew I, I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> exactly, uh, they they kind of um, blew a gasket, and you know they were calling me irresponsible for owning a firearm while having two children in the home, and and that started getting me thinking. Like, you know, not that I was second second guessing myself, but I was like, why? You know, I, I, you let me go to Israel for two years by myself to seminary. I was responsible enough to get married. I was responsible enough to have kids, but I'm not responsible enough to own firearms in the home and kind of baffled my mind. I figured, look, you know what, if I'm going to, if I'm going to get my parents to back off, I need to teach my children about gun safety. So I went online and of course, you know, you come by the Eddie Eagle program when you're looking for that and project child safe and both of them are great programs, but they don't really give you anything. They, they concentrate on like the Eddie Eagle program concentrates on don't stop, touch, don't touch, run away, tell a grown up. Correct. And that's it. Right. And although that's obviously very important and they they do it in a great way through their video um, that really I mean, my kids love that video. But, but, pe but people want it, more because I get people inside the gun store and this is a really big argument. You know, I get a guy that walks into the gun store and will buy a gun, you know, buy a firearm, take it home and gets into an argument with his wife and has to turn around and bring that gun back. Because the wife says, no, you know, we have kids. You can't have it. You need to take it back to the gun store. Well, you, you can't just take a gun back to the gun store. You know, there's no refunds. <laughs> so, you know, that you, we one, we have to agree to buy it back for me. Then is there's there's a 20 percent restocking fee or 25 or whatever, you know, other stores charge. But there's a restocking fee when it comes to that if they agree to buy it back from you. Um, and that's because that's a conversation you need to have before you walk into the gun store. Also, that's a conversation you need to have with your dad, too, because now I'm questioning your manhood, you know, because I, I would <laughs> figure you would be, you know, the one that's in charge, you know, put your foot down and say, hey, well, we need this for personal protection. But that's a whole nother story. But no, for it's, sure. it's a really big problem in the household when it comes to, you know, bringing that gun home and you have kids. You know, what do you do? And a lot of people don't know what to do because, you know, don't touch, run away. That's one thing. But, you know, what if you want to go a little further and educate your kids, you know, on the firearm itself? No, 100 percent. And, and that's that's why I wrote the book is that after scouring the Internet for a book like mine that I can almost read as a bedtime story or cuddle up with my son and daughter on the couch. And, you know, my son's eight, my daughter's six and just, you know, read them about gun safety. God, you need that, to um, hold on. You got to adopt me. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just, that is wonderful. Like, oh, man, sit on the couch and, you know, and read a book about gun safety. And oh, my goodness, you are. Well, we, you get the my, father my wife, of the year award. Let me tell you. Thank you. My, my wife and I uh, were um, we don't own a TV in the house. We, we we are not that we're against it. We just we want our kids to grow up um, not being uh, brainwashed by Hollywood and, and the media and, and that was one of the reasons why I wrote the book is that I didn't want my kids to be watching movies and 
you know, putting the gun somewhat sideways, almost upside down, thinking, hey, that's cool, that's how you're supposed to shoot. So, you know, that's why I set out to write this book, uh, really for my kids. And, and when I first set out to write it, I didn't think I was actually going to get the book published. I was just going to say, hey, it would be cool to get it published, but I'm just going to write a book um, on gun safety so that my kids can have. And then, my, my, like I said, my buddy who's in the LAPD uh, basically just, I mean, he lit a fire under me to get that book published. And, you know, thank God it came out this year. So, yeah, and you can find it on, you know, Amazon, Safety On, an introduction of the world of firearms from children. That's It's called Safety On, an introduction to the world of firearms for children. You can get it on Kindle for $4.95. That's cheap. You can get a paperback for $14.95. So if you're, you know, that mom, that dad, and you're having... You're having that problem, you know, talking to your kids about firearms and firearm safety, then for fourteen dollars and ninety five cents, oh my goodness, that's a no brainer. You know, you either you can spend fourteen dollars and ninety five cents to, you know, to do it beforehand, or you can spend, you know, twenty thousand or thirty thousand to get yourself out of trouble once you get in trouble. But we got a question yeah, for yeah. you. Yeah. So you initially wrote this book with the intention of having something other than the Berenstein Bears to read to your children at night, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that really is um, one of the reasons. Why, I mean, one of the main reasons why I wrote it is, you know, I, I, I don't know how many times I can read Goodnight Moon to my kids. And <laughs> um, I mean, you know, and all these other little kids books that, you know, Polar Bear, Polar Bear, what do you hear? Um, I, I mean, as a parent, I needed some sort of sanity. And if I can read a book that I enjoy, including talking about guns and, and also teaching my kids life lessons that are incredibly important. I mean, incredibly. My, yeah, I mean, my, my son came home from camp one day this summer and he comes up to me. He's like, hey, dad, you know, why was I? Yeah, he went laser tagging and he goes to me, he goes, why was I the only boy walking around with his laser tag with his finger off the trigger until he was ready to shoot? Because <laughs> you taught and him I'm well. Like, I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, look, it's called trigger discipline. It, it follows you everywhere. And I told him, like, look. How old is he? You, you, he, at the time, he just about to turn eight. <laughs> oh, wow. That is awesome. I love that. I love that. I, there, I mean, there are adults that can't get that. You know, we... We have that problem in, in our classes on the weekends. I, I, I yell it all day long. For, from 10 a.m. until like 3 p.m., I'm yelling at people, finger off the trigger unless you're on target ready to fire. Finger off the trigger unless you're on target ready to fire. We get down to the gun range, and everyone puts their finger on the trigger as soon as they grab the gun. It just drives me nuts. All right, so we're talking yeah. about gun safety. We're talking about safety on, an introduction to the world of firearms for children. Uh, we're talking with Yehuda I'm, I'm just going to mess this up. <laughs> We're talking with Mr. Rimmer, uh, and he's the author of Safety On, an introduction of, to the world of firearms from children. You can find it on Amazon, Kindle, $4.95. You can get it paperback for $14.95. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. 
That's right. We're talking about protecting the babies. We're talking about safety on an introduction to the world of firearms for children. We're talking about teaching your kids, you teaching your own kids gun safety, taking that responsibility in your own hands and sitting down with your children. You do this and discuss gun safety if you have guns inside the home. You know, we got to have that conversation. That's a tough conversation. Some people like to ask, what age should I teach my kids how to shoot? Well, that's up to you as the parent. You decide at what age you should teach your kids about gun safety. You teach them how to shoot or the fact that you actually have a firearm inside the home. You know, what route you want to take. That's up to you as the parent. I'm not here to convince you to do anything. I get people that will come up to me and ask me, you know, what they should do. And I can't tell you what to do. It's up to you. That's going to be between you and your spouse to decide what you want to do, what you need to do. All right, so we have in the studio the author of Safety On, Introduction to the World of Firearms for Children. Uh, so, Mr. Rimmer, you were telling us about uh, your book, Safety On. You're telling us, uh, is, are there, how's this book laid out? Are there different stories inside the book? You know, tell people a little bit more about the book. Um, no, the book basically starts off with a little boy named Kyle. And he's, you know, the opening statement of the book is, my name is Kyle and I want to be like my dad. Nice. And he just proceeds over the next bunch of pages to just talk about the different aspects of gun safety, whether it's, you know, going to a gun range, what to do when you fi- if you find a gun somewhere it's not supposed to be, uh, you know, making sure your guns are clean, locking them up properly. Uh, and, and it just touches on all aspects of living with a gun in the home. And I, I set out to do something different, and the book is told through the eyes of the little boy, Kyle. So when you read the book to a child, or if your child's, you know, seven, eight years old and learning to read, the book is being told through the eyes of a little boy rather than, an, excuse me, rather than an adult preaching to that child. So it makes it a lot more relatable to the child. Okay. Nice. Okay. <clears throat> now, let me ask you this. Are there different versions of this where you have, um, you know, because Kyle, you have like a, an Asian family or you know, Hispanic family or um, a black family? I mean, there isn't. That's a, that's, I, a, I that's a thought for something down the road though, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, that that has been thought about, and I mean, I really, I really don't think it's necessary. And the the reason is, you know, I'm not looking to get into any kind of racial politics at all. All right. So the cover of the book is a man uh, talking on what looks like a porch with his son. Is that an artist depiction of you and your son? Oh, I wish I had a porch like that. No. <laughs> it's a nice porch. Yeah, unfortunately not. It was just, you know, I wanted it. I wanted the book to be very homey. And I wanted it to be without politics. Uh, and re- really, like I said, the book is there to save lives. So no matter what ethnicity you are, if you care about saving lives, you're not going to see the book for, you know, the, the characters aren't black or Hispanic or Asian. I mean, look, I'm an Orthodox Jew. They're not wearing the head covering that all Jews get, you know. Like, it has nothing to do with uh, ethnicity, politics. The book is there 
to save lives. Not, no. Nothing more. And if you, it's not you, but I'm saying if a person has a problem with that, then you need to go check yourself and, and you, you got to figure something else in your life because if you're finding racism or any kind of anti-political message in my book, I mean, I would just say get a life. Right. Yeah, people will right, find so. racism everywhere, too. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia. <laughs> no, I, I, exactly. Uh, this is true. This is true. All right. And so um, <clears throat> now, what, what, did your, what did your wife think about the book? And, and was she supporting? Um, my wife has always... Okay, let me, let me rephrase. Not has always. Um, since we've been married, she was always... I don't want to say anti-gun, but like many Jews out there... Um, she had no problem with guns as long as they weren't in the home and as long as she didn't have to deal with it. But as I started writing the book, um, she still was, you know, she had that same mindset. Once I started getting the book illustrated, she saw that, you know, this actually could be something. And then when I got it published, you know, my wife turned into a, a staunch Second Amendment advocate. I mean, you know, we'll be sitting at, at a table with some friends or some, you know, new people in our community that we invite over for dinner. Um, and they would say, you know, well, you know, we don't have uh, a we don't have kids. But even if we had kids, we don't want we don't need guns in the home. So why would we have to buy your book? And before I can answer, my wife becomes like this Dana Lash rabid. You know, and don't get me wrong. I love Dana Lash. But like some rabid second uh, second amendment advocate and she starts going off on this couple and she's like well what happens if you're at a park and you take your and you know and you, or you take your niece or nephew or even if you end up having kids and they find a gun somewhere it's not supposed to be what are you going to do or do you trust your kid and like i'm just sitting there like you know saying hey my wife is awesome and she's just going off saying like no oh, seriously what are you going to do if your kid finds a gun somewhere it's not supposed to be do you trust your kid to go and, you know, tell an adult right away? Or do you think your kid is going to pick up that gun because they think it's cool? And, like, you just see whoever we have over, they just, their, their faces turn white because they know the answer. They know that, that if you don't train and don't educate your children at a young age about gun safety, mm. they're going to be the ones that are going to pick up the gun and, God forbid, something bad is going to happen. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So my, my wife is very, very pro it now. She's not a shooter. Um, I'm trying to convince her to go to the range with me more often, but she's definitely on my side now and, and not afraid, you know, for the fact that she knows that I carry with me all the time and I walk around my house with it and my, my kids know I have it. And it used to be, she didn't want me to even talk about it in front of the kids, but now she, she knows it's totally fine. I mean, to the point where I even taught, I have a, a baby, I have an 18 month old, and if you ask him to show him your guns, you know, he flexes his muscles and <laughs> one, 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 step, one step at a time, you know? So, <laughs> absolutely, I agree with you. All right, so um, you, hopefully one day we'll be able to see, you know, your book in schools, you know, for uh, maybe I'll, I'll get an opportunity to actually read your book in one of our local elementary schools or middle schools or. Or something like that. I, th I think it would be great. I mean, I let's, let's, arra let's arrange it. I, I'm, I'm in Dallas. I'm not that far from you. Why don't you set up a reading at the new public library? Oh, yeah, that's true. We can, we can set up something at the, yeah, the, uh, the new can... Austin Public Library. It's a brand new facility. It just opened this weekend. Um, 
And that would be awesome. And we can even carry in there. We can even open. Yeah. Carry. We can, still carry we can do that. Let's, let's, uh, let's have a book signing at your place. I mean, we can, I'm, I'm, it's only a five hour drive. It's not a big deal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll definitely have to set that up because I I'm loving it. You know, the more and more I look at the book, you know, you reach out to me like, I guess like six months ago, and the more I look at it, the more you know, I've gotten into that. I apologize; it's taking me so long, you know, to get you on the show. I really apologize for that, but it's it's a great book, and it's something that you know the NRA should take up, you know, and because it goes a step further than it, like you said, Ed Eagle. Ed Eagle only tells tells the kids, you know, you know, don't touch, stop, you know, run away. Uh, this here you know, actually gives the parents tools that they need to actually explain that information, you know, explain guns. And that's, I think that's really what we need. You know, how do we sit down and have that conversation with the kids? So that's really important. Yeah, it's probably not the best idea to teach children that a gun is this big, scary thing you have to run away from if you ever see it. Instead, you want to teach them that it's just a tool and show them how exactly. to use it right, but don't teach them that it's this magical killing machine. No, exactly, 100%. <laughs> and I tell that to a lot of people in my community that guns are just a tool. Just like, you know, they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, do you have, um, I to ask them, do, do you guys keep cooking knives on your counter? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, do you use your stove? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, do you teach your kids not to touch the knives? You teach them that the stove, they can't touch it, even when they're babies, like baby babies that, you know, it's hot, it's hot, don't touch it. So like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so I'm like, so what's the difference? I mean, a gun is a tool. It can be used for good. It can be used for bad. But in the hands of the right people, it's only going to be used for good. And, you know, it, that definitely resonates with a lot of parents. Absolutely. And, and I tell you, you know, it's it's awesome that you actually did this. I hope you come out with another you know, maybe some more books, um, you know, to, to continue the story. You know, I think that would be great. Exactly, because you have different little areas. You know, what if you come across a gun, you know, like you said, in the park or somewhere like that or anywhere, a lot of different areas. Uh, I think it would be awesome, you know, as, it's, as kids, you know, travel around and dealing with, you know, they're dealing with different situations. They're in school. You know, what if another kid has a gun, you know, in school? How do they deal with that situation? I think it would be awesome. It would be really great. And yeah, there, there, there. I have a, I have another book on guns and kids coming out. Hopefully, January fifteenth, right before Shot Show. So, um, you know, it, it's a little different than the safety on, but you know, I, I'm, I'm trying very hard. There's nobody doing what I'm doing. There's nobody that's really concentrating on books for kids dealing with guns. Right. And I figured, hey, you know what? That's a niche. I love writing. I'm a big gun guy. I obviously believe in safety and firearms education. So I'm just going to keep on doing it. And, you know, it would be nice, you know, as much as I would like to monopolize the market and be the only author out there, you know, at the same time, I would love to be able to inspire other gun owners to get out there and, you know, talk or either write, talk, make a computer program. I mean, whatever you want to do, but really start pushing gun education for children um, and taking it past, you know, the step further than Eddie Eagle and, you know, taking it just as, as far as you can go and concentrate on children. And if I can do that, you know, hey, I, I know I've accomplished my mission. Now, is there, what's the, can you tell us the title of the other book or it's too soon? Um, 
It's a little too soon. I I, I have no problem. Uh, I, I know. Can you give us a little information? Can you, can you give me a little something? Just give me like a little bit of what? Give me a little hint. Little hint. Um, man, how do I give a little hint on this without giving it away? Oh come on, just give uh, me a hint. you can do it. You know, we're just dying to know. <laughs> so it's not it's not a storybook. It's more of a picture book. Nice. Okay. Um, and it's a way to teach children about different aspects of guns. Okay. All right. Gotcha. All right. That'll, so I'll, I, I, I'll send you the cover of the book uh, on Facebook so you can see, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. But And then you'll um, let me know when I, can, when I can post it online and stuff? Because I'm actually going to yeah, – I, I think what I'll do is I, I'll post your, the Amazon page of your Safety On, an introduction to the world of firearms for children – uh, because I like, like I said, a lot of people call me or walk into the gun store and they ask, you know, what, is there anything that I can get, you know, to teach my kids about, you know, firearm safety? And so I'll share this link to the Amazon so that way that'll help them. And it's cheap, something you can get for, you know, it's a stocking stuffer. Easy yeah, stocking and there's stuffer. Also, there also is a companion coloring book. It's the exact same, it's the exact same book, just in coloring book form. So, if you're a parent and you read it to your child, or if you are the child and you read it, you can really delve into the story and really internalize it by spending hours coloring the pages themselves so you can learn it. Absolutely. Wow. That is awesome. Man, I, you know what, Mr. Rimmer, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and telling us about the book um, and, and giving us something else that we can, you know, we really can make a difference in this world and make sure that you know, our kids don't get in trouble. We don't get in trouble with firearms and we do the right thing. I, I really, you know, hope that you come out with many more books, um, you know, DVD, whatever. I don't care, you know, because we need more. Let me tell you, definitely need more. And I love it. Safety on. It's it, the book is called Safety on an Introduction to the World of Firearms for Children. Um, definitely take a look at it. Get it for your kids because um, we, we we definitely need to, you know, break the stereotype and I think this is a wonderful tool. I really appreciate what you've done with it. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And and like I said, we're gonna we're gonna get you down here to Austin and do a book signing for sure. We're gonna I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna um, work on that. Keep bugging me, let's, just let's like do it. just like you're doing right now. You know, keep <laughs> just bug me, <laughs> and eventually I will definitely do it because that's something that we really need to do. And I think it'll be great, and people will really enjoy it. Yeah, I, definitely. I think it would be a lot of fun. All right. All right, awesome. Thank and you, if, sir. Uh, no, go no ahead. If you if you if you check out your uh, Facebook message, uh, I just sent you what the next book is and like what potentially will be the first page. So I think you'll get a kick out of that. Nice. A little sneak peek. Ooh. Oh wow. Nice. I love it. Oh man. <laughs> like I said, it's a little different than the first book, but I think uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun that one. Absolutely. Wow, thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. And, and no we're definitely going to talk to you down the road sometime. Sounds good. All right, that's Mr. Rimmer. He's the author of Safety On, an introduction to the world of firearms for children. Uh, definitely get that book. Take a look at it. Um, wow, it's only $14.95 on Amazon. Easy stocking stuffer. So definitely check that out. Well, we got so much more going on. When we come back from this little short break, going to tell you about some other news and what other events are going on around the state um, and also around Austin, this is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'.
Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Hey, Austin, wake up and fly right on Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Whoa, I get knocked down, but I get back up again. Right, Zach? Zach? <laughs> right, Zach? Oh, man, he's just screaming in here like... I got up. You got up, though. I got up. After the show, it looks like we're going to have an emergency room visit. Zach's definitely broke. I just need some ice, something. maybe Ooh. some ibuprofen. No, you broke something. No, I need some if ice If I touch you like that and you scream. You squeezed it. I did not squeeze yeah, your foot. Yeah, you did. I barely touched your foot. That's emergency room visit. Mm. For sure. All right, so let's talk about uh, there's some current events going on. So we got um, there's an event happening on November the 11th, which is Veterans Day, by the way. Uh, Veterans Day, if you do not know, Veterans Day is the 11th month, the 11th day, the 11th hour is Veterans Day. On that day, we have Sons of, of Desert Run and Gun. It's going to be in, looks like in Tilden, Texas. It's going to be at 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. And they're having an event there, so definitely check that out. You can, you can go on Facebook and search for Sons of Desert Run and Gun. Also on, excuse me, on November the 5th, we have our Second Amendment event that's going to be at the Capitol. And so definitely look, at, look for that rally uh, on November the 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Remember, the remember. Exactly. So November the 5th, that's going to be very important. So check that out. We're going to you know, call out our legislatures and let them know, hey, you know, whether you're on the state level or the national level, there's some things that we're looking at as far as gun owners. So we're going to talk about that. Um, what else is out there? Uh, there's a... Man, there's some stuff going on in the news. Uh, gun banners for an ambitious anti-gun agenda. So it looks like um, they're, they're trying to get really aggressive with this anti-gun agenda. But we're, we're fighting back really hard to stop them from doing that. Looks like in Illinois, they, were, they, they, they lost the fight in, in the state of Illinois when it comes to the bump stock. So if you, if you honestly, if you cannot ban the bump stock in Illinois, then you're not going to have a chance in any other state you're not going to be able to do it on a national level at all. So they just really need to give that up. So it actually failed in Illinois. So unfortunately, that's not going to work. Also, how's Bitcoin doing? Because Bitcoin for gun sales is doing great. You know, my, my, my customers that are, that are making money with Bitcoin, I tell you, uh, they're, walk, they're, they're buying guns now. It's at an all-time high right now. All, what's, what's the, uh, what, where are we at? What's About the number? $6,150. We're at $6,000 now? We're crossing 6000 mark. Yeah, again. Wow. What was the, the all-time high? So it's right around there. When? How long ago? Um, a week and a half ago. Really? And they just, So it just hit that today because yesterday was like 5,700 when yep. I looked at it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow, that's awesome. That is great. 6,000. So 6,000 uh, for one Bitcoin. And, and, so, and, and people are asking, you know, who stands to gain the most from Bitcoin? And there's an article that's out in that, and they use uh, – Use us at Central Texas Gunworks on the cover of that article, so definitely check that out. Who stands to gain for the most uh, from Bitcoin? Whoever owns them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you didn't get any, you may have missed the boat. But you might want to get in there now because, it, hey, it's, it's, 
They've already said it's going to go to 7,000. You know, we easily. know that easily. Yeah. So it's going to go well beyond that. It's going to go 10 or 12,000 most likely. A few years. Absolutely. It'll so be even beyond that. Get in now. Go ahead and get some now because that way in, in two, three years, you're going to be crying and all upset. Oh, I should have did it when it was at five grand. Now it's at 20. Yeah. And there's a physical limit to how many Bitcoins can be in circulation. Right now, there are around 16 million and they're currently being mined, and there's a cap at 21 million. And once it hits 21 million, there will never be another Bitcoin put into circulation. It's not like the fiat dollar where, you know, the government can just print off $100 bills on pallets whenever they want. Can't do that with Bitcoin. <laughs> nice. Also, the gun grabbers are desperate. They have some desperate attempts here. At trying to pass any form of gun control after the Vegas shooting appeared to be, it, it just looks like it's crumbling. You know, I mentioned that earlier, but we need to, we need you to help kill Pelosi's gun grabbing scheme once and for all. So we definitely need you to act, contact your, your U.S. Congressman, your U.S. Senator, and let them know that we don't, we do not want Pelosi's gun grabbing scheme to gain, you know, any more momentum. So definitely contact your representatives for that. Because um, Bloomberg and Senator Feinstein are they're working, they're working hard and they're trying to not only just ban bump stocks, you know, which is a part, which is a way of shooting. Uh, they're trying to add other things to that. And so just like the, the Brady bill, you, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Shame. Exactly. So shame on uh, Bloomberg and Senator Feinstein. Shame. 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 All right. Any, any other Republican that goes out there and and suggests that we need to go back and take a look and, and, and review the bump stock ban, because it's you know, this is something that was given to us on the Obama administration. So I hopefully, you know, we're not going to lose this on the a Trump administration. And right, so those are the things that are going on that we're you know, we're watching right now. And let's see. Also, don't. <laughs> And I guess they're still doing this kneeling uh, and to stepping on freedom. Um, such an, a, a gun advocacy will almost certainly stir the, the air of an already frustrated fan base uh, who has a, a ratings indicate that um, I guess the football football teams are actually losing their, their ratings. They're, a lot of fans are not showing up to the football games. There's a lot of things going on on both sides of that. On one side, you have people that are upset because the NFL <clears throat> will not – hired Kaepernick, so they've chosen to boycott, you know, the football season that started before football even started uh, this season. And then there are people that <clears throat> have gotten on the, the bandwagon because some teams have decided to take a knee. They've decided to stop, you know, going to the football games. So you got both sides are mad at NFL. So the NFL can't win for losing. One side's mad because uh, they won't hire Kaepernick. No one will hire Kaepernick. The other side's mad because, you know, they're allowing the players to take a knee. So they can't win for losing there. <coughs> so that's both sides that um, are causing the NFL to really take a hit, seems like, uh, this year. And let's see. Anything on the – anything I'm missing as far as events? Well, you touched on the Antifa. Okay. Uh, we, we don't, yeah, 4th. we don't care about Antifa. You know, there's just – really there are no nothing organization, no nothing group or whatever group of people that mean nothing. Uh, am I missing anything? Not that I'm aware of. All right. So, as always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. I'll take my life.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.